The Press Pass on WKXL is presented by the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. Check out either of their two locations, one at the Concord Hospital Campus, the other 125 North Main Street. The Prescription Center will also deliver your prescriptions to you free of charge. That's the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. This is the Press Pass with Chris Ryan. This is where you hear unique conversations with the best athletes, coaches, and general managers in sports. I think you appreciate each and every one. Uh, each and every one is special in their own way. And I play with two guys that uh, they were on top of their game on a nightly basis, and people get spoiled. <laughs> you know, they they so Manny, they so David, so. They, they start taking people for granted. Uh, opportunity for me. And I know I need to help my team now, so you know, the better I play, the better it'll be for us. I think it's uh, one of the most important things is focus and consistency. Celtics welcome the Bucks into TD Garden for round two of the NBA playoffs tomorrow. The Bruins have an opponent. They begin on Monday against the Hurricanes. Take a look at the Red Sox as well. I am Chris Ryan. This is the Press Pass. So the Boston Celtics will get a little more of a challenge in the second round of the playoffs, but how much more of a challenge will they get? As the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champions, they shoot the three a lot better than the Nets. They defend better. They're a more cohesive unit, but they're playing without all-star Chris Middleton, who's unlikely to be available for this series. Meanwhile, the Celtics are rested, raring, and ready to go. This will be a little bit more of a challenge, but without Middleton... They're not going to beat the Boston Celtics. Celtics are in a good place right now. And uh, the Celtics begin this series against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow inside TD Garden at 1 p.m. Much more coverage of that comes your way on next week's edition of the Press Pass. We delve deep into that series, which will be well underway at that point in time. Boston Bruins, they are set for postseason action. They're taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, which should be a really interesting series Boston Bruins are going to try to keep up and slow down the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes are one of the best skating teams in the National Hockey League, but the Bruins are in a good place right now. Bruins have more top-end talent than the Hurricanes. They have solid depth, and I think that this Bruins team is ready to surprise some folks in the postseason this year. Here's David Posternock on the excitement of being ready to go in the postseason. Yeah, obviously it's, it's the most excited time, you know, for us, uh, uh, you have a long season uh, and uh, you're just excited to, for the playoff start. So sometimes these uh, last couple of games can be hard, you know, for you mentally and, and especially when you clinch the playoff and come playoff time game one, you won't be thinking about, oh, we beat Rangers a week ago, you know. So, yeah, you want to feel good about your game, but at the same time, uh, I said, uh, when the when the when the playoff come, uh, you know you you're gonna make sure you're focusing there. Went in depth with Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy. Hey Butchie, how are you? Terrific, you? Awesome. Um, there's been a lot of obviously talk from the outside about where this team was gonna you know, end up in terms of your first round opposition, and I was just curious: has there been a year where you can remember this many you know, talented teams making the playoffs, and has that you know played into how you've looked at things as well, where maybe you look at everybody as being a major challenge and not hoping for one matchup or another? Um, I think this year is stronger than most. Uh, the numbers dictate that. I thought last year there was no, no easy matchups either in the first round. So um, that's two years in a row. And going back to the bubble is a little more difficult. 
got thrown together at the end. So it's probably not a fair assessment when you don't see teams for a while. Um, at the end of the day, it, it sort of looks like it's trending that way in both sides. Now, I think in the West, they've, they've, um, most of the teams have a hundred points. So it's just the way it is right now to get in. Um, you know, it used to be uh, low nineties and now it's just changed. Man, maybe there's you know, more one, uh, three point games, uh, throughout the season, et cetera, whatever the case may be, that's just what's required. So, uh, we were able to do it and, um, you know, here we are. So I, I, I guess I would say to your question last year, I thought started the trend because it certainly wasn't easy in the East. I didn't think so anyway. I'm, I don't remember the West specifically, but for the East is similar to last year. And on your team as a whole, obviously there's been you know, stages this season. It, it feels like now though, with Lindholm and Halla and kind of the health of the group that you're where you want to be going to the postseason. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, I mean, we're not 100%. I don't think any team is. We've got a few bumps and bruises, but, you know, let's get through tonight. Um, and, and we're hopeful we'll have everybody available for uh, for game one. Um, again, uh, things could change between now and and, and Monday. but um, And that's one of the, the things most teams want is, is to have access to all your players and, and use them as you see fit. So you want to be... That that is one of the most important things. Second is playing good hockey. I think. Uh, I mean, there's some teams that can flip a switch going into the playoffs. I don't think too many can do that. I don't think we fall into that category. So, playing some good, consistent hockey, playing to your identity, I think is important this time of the year. And we've done a lot of that lately. So that that bodes well uh, for us as well as our health. You mentioned uh, the Hurricanes as being a, a a very strong skating team. How do you how do you combat that? Do you try to meet them? where they are what's your your sense on how you deal with that well a little bit is puck management playing behind them because they like to press up and then winning some, some races you don't have to win them all it's got to win your share um and you got to defend well against them they get to the net they're d or active um so again when when we're playing well with with good layers uh managing the puck uh force them to play in their own end and and we have some high-end skill too that can separate if they're going to press up and play a lot of man-to-man then our guys are going to you know, we'll, we'll be able to make some plays if, if they're strong on pucks, et cetera. We've done that in the past against them, not not this year. Um, you know, and then we, we certainly feel we're as competitive with anybody uh, in, our, in, you know, in the Eastern Conference, and we've just got to find the right formula against them. Um, you know, and obviously there'll be some adjustments as you go along. That's what I expect. I think it'll be physical as well. The, the, the games have been against them earlier this year. Um they're excited to get going. They've had a great year, won their division. Um, you know, we've we've battled here the last little bit, very intense schedule. So uh, a couple days to catch our breath, and, and we're looking forward to it as well. Also talked with Bruins Cap- Captain Patrice Bergeron about not just the postseason, but about the special ceremony up in Montreal for Guy Lafleur that the Bruins were a part of uh, for the late, great Canadiens player. Hey, Bergy, yeah, two quick ones if I could just. One, what stood out to you about Guy as a player um, in, in watching him, watching the old footage? What stood out to you about his, his game? Yeah, I think it's um, his speed. Uh, the, the first thing that you notice uh, when you watch, uh, as you said, old footage. Um, you know, I, I was too young, unfortunately, to really remember him live. But, um, you know, when you watch uh, some of the highlights and, and whatnot, it's always the the speed. You can tell he's, you know, his skating is even compared to the other guys that are on the ice at the same time, uh, 
you know, he's he's above average for sure, and and the strength of his his shot as well. Um, obviously, the the hair, right? The you know the the flow with with no helmet uh, was a trademark, and um, yeah. So those are the things that kind of stood out for me. Final uh, handful of games here. Obviously, Lindholm and, and Pasta back yesterday. What are you looking for? in terms of making sure this team is is playoff ready and you guys are where you want to be here over the last week. Yeah, I think it's keep working on our game and 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 feeling good heading into the playoffs. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, you don't want to cruise through the last few games and 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 expect uh, to flip a switch when you uh walk into the playoffs. I think it's uh, you you got to make sure you uh stay sharp, stay focused and 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 work on the things you need to work on and and carry on the uh, the things that are going well. Now to baseball where, let's be honest, the regular season has been disappointing through the first 21 games for the Boston Red Sox. They find themselves at 9-12. and 12. But someone who has not been disappointing has been Red Sox pitcher Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock's gotten two starts so far this season. His last couple outings have been starts. Whitlock has a 0.54 ERA. His whip is 0.78. Hitters are hitting only 150 against him. Red Sox also recently signed him to a contract extension. They know what they got. Garrett Whitlock is one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he sat down inside the Red Sox dugout with Witt. Joined by Garrett Whitlock. And Garrett, if you had to point to a couple things that lead to your success on an outing-in, outing-out basis, what do you think are the, the biggest reasons that you continue to throw the baseball in a consistent fashion the way you do? Um, when I try and have success, it's just trying to fill up the zone and you know get get quick outs, and that's pretty much it. Is that easier said than than done, or do you find that with that type of approach, with your type of stuff, that you can you know fill the fill the zone on a on a consistent basis? I mean, it's always easier said than done, just because these are the best hitters in the world. So you know, on on some nights they're going to get the best job and and do their do their job, and you know they're going to get me. But you know, I, as long as I try and do that, you know, then. I'm hoping more times than not, then it'll go my way. Do you try not to concentrate on how you know good the guys are, and it's more just my stuff is going to play, it's going to get swings and misses, and you know I don't have to worry about how good these guys are? Or do you have to have that kind of appropriate fear to make sure that you're where you need to be with the conviction in your pitches? Well, you, you always respect them. You know, I would never say it's like a fear or anything. You always respect them. They're, they're the best in the world, and they're doing their job, and you know, they're, they're making a living too. But it's also just making quality pitches. You know, you, I'm up there trying to focus on you know, making quality pitches, attacking the zone. And like, if I do that, yeah, I mean, sometimes they're going to do their job and they're going to you know, get hits and hit home runs and all that stuff. But you know, I just got to focus on what I do and let, let them do what they do. Alex is always very innovative in how he approaches the game and will take risks um, at times. And, and one of the things that's been really interesting has been your usage in that you, you have the potential to be kind of a model for how elite pitchers are used you know, moving forward. Uh, sometimes it's a long relief in an old-school type of role, filling three innings. Sometimes you come in and close. Looks like you're going to start. Um, so what's the... What is the importance, do you think, of what you're you're doing? And do you feel like you're kind of an individual and that it just can't be replicated or that this approach of kind of, you know, utilizing an individual in the situations you need them the most may end up being something that happens in the future in baseball? I honestly try not to think about it just because, you know, like he's so good at making decisions. He's so good at running a team and everything. Like 
that, that's his job. I'm going to let him do that. So I don't even think about it. I just try and prepare each day as if I'm going to throw. And if he calls my name and asks me to throw, then that's, that's what I'm going to do. And so I try not to get caught up in what inning it is or what the situation is, anything like that. I just try and get outs no matter what um, the situation is. And so whenever he calls my name, that's when I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to go. Have you heard from or reached out to any of, like, the old-school type of relievers? I mean, like, old-school, like <laughs> Raleigh Fingers and Goose Gossage and get, even Eck, um, guys of that era that would throw, you know, multiple innings and, you know, have gotten any advice from them on, you know, getting through the order a second time, stuff like that? I, I haven't talked to any of them. I mean, I would love to if they want to talk to me. You know, I'm always open to hearing advice, and especially from guys that did it did it so well as, as those guys. But, you know, my personality, I'm not going to be the one to, to reach out and everything. I, I respect them and respect their privacy and all that stuff. But, you know, if they want to talk, I would love to pick their brain and everything. But the guy that has always been my – the guy, like, bouncing board or, you know, like who I always talk to is Todd Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a he's – a really, like, he was the closer for the Tigers for mm-hmm. a while. And so that that's the guy I always – I always bounce my uh, ideas off of. Yeah, really, since Mariano Rivera in uh, 96 when he was setting up for Wetland, there have not been relievers that have consistently thrown multiple innings the way that that you do, particularly a top-flight reliever. And I'm curious about your slider usage uh, this year. Um, Obviously, your predominantly sinker remained that way, but do you feel more confidence in the slider this year? Is that the the reason, or are you trying to keep guys off the – just kind of mix it up a little bit? How is the – how do you, uh, you know, look at your slider usage? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, you know, that's the thing is it, it still needs to get better, still needs to get more consistent. But, you know, I'm trying to throw it more to, one, work on it, but, two, you know, just kind of make sure I'm not so relying so heavily on the fastball just so that way, you know, they guys can't just sit on fastball kind of thing. Is it difficult when you have a pitch that's that good that you have that much conviction in to work in something else to bring up Rivera again with the cutter where it was like, you know, 95% of the time he, he threw that. Is it, is it difficult to work away from that? Or do you feel like, you know, maybe I want to do something a little bit different just to kind of change things from a mental standpoint, but also if you don't have guys, um, you know, thinking uh, sinker all the time. Well, the biggest thing for me last year is, like, when I got hurt and when I got in trouble, the biggest problem was because I was throwing my fastball too much and, like, hitters were able to hit it. So it was just, like, it's a learning thing of, you know, like, uh, you know, I just had to not rely that so much on it. You know, in the minor leagues I could do it because, you know, that's minor league hitters. But up here these are the best hitters in the world, so they can, they can hit any fastball you throw them. Um, and so for me, like, I'll still, you know, like, I, there'll be outings this year where, you know, I forget and just – don't and I'll throw too many fastballs and I'll get burnt but you know it is what it is and so you you just try and consciously remember to keep mixing all all your pitches appreciate it absolutely thank you it's one of the biggest reasons the Red Sox are nine and 12 this year has been the Toronto Blue Jays Red Sox have lost two series the Blue Jays so far and are two and five against Toronto of course there's several key New Hampshire Fisher Cats on this team Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bo Bichette and Santiago Espinal all come to mind right off the top of your head and we're going to hear right now from one of the greatest Fisher Cats ever, Bo Bichette. So the feeling and the vibe around this team this year, from what I heard, is this could be a championship club. Is that something that the players you know, feel as well, that you're ready to make that type of ascension? Yeah, I mean, we've been ready to make that ascension, um, I think, since we got here. Obviously, there's um, growth for us to do individually and as as. Uh, as a team as well, so I think we've we've gone through a lot of that and we'll continue to go through that. But, um, yeah, the goal is definitely to, to win as many games as we can and accomplish um, the ultimate goal. 
What are some of the ways that you think you've grown most since breaking into the league in, in 19? And how is that progression to becoming one of the best players in the game? Where is that heading in your view? Um, I think just learning to become more professional, um, learning to deal with failures more, learning to deal with success more as well, um, learning how to prepare um, the best that I can, be ready for every game. I think that I've grown a lot in that aspect, So you know, but that's definitely not over. That'll be you know, a thing that I'll continue to try and prove until the end of my career. This is going to sound like a dumb question, but what is more difficult, dealing with failure or dealing with success in that a lot of times guys want to ride that. Maybe you'll cut some corners if you think things are going well. Um, do you find yourself struggling more to deal with failure or success? Um, I mean, they're just different. I don't think either is either is more difficult than the other. Um, but they are very different. So, uh, you know, I think that the bottom line is you got to continue to work on either with, with either um, failure or success. You can continue to work, continue to try to get better. Um, regardless of results so uh, you know I think that everybody in here is learning to deal with that better and like I said we'll continue to do that. A lot of really good offseason acquisitions for you guys I thought one of the best though was Matt Chapman what has it been like to have him on your right? Yeah he's been awesome Uh, he works hard he plays hard Um, he's ready to go every day Um, he's a baller so uh, you know to have someone come like come into the clubhouse like that who's ready to give everything they have is uh, huge for our team and then you know obviously the things he brings in the field is special too so um, for me, it's been awesome. Um, he makes my job a lot easier, and uh, you know, I look forward to playing a lot more games with him. How would you define the culture of this team? Like, who are you guys? Because it feels like, I mean, even though you and Vladdy are younger, it feels like you guys very much are the leaders of this group in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we just come to the field every day ready to compete as hard as we can, um, play as hard as we can prepare as hard as we can um, and we try to have fun you know it's not going to be that way always you know there's a lot of ups and downs in this game but I think we try and we try and be kids as much as we can um, but also understanding that there's a lot of work to be done to accomplish what we want so you know I think that uh, we've done a good job of navigating the ups and downs so far and we'll look to continue to do that just by being consistent in our preparations consistent in the people that we are and, and the effort that we give. In regard to your swing when you're going best what are you doing like how do you feel locked in is the are you taking the ball to the opposite field are you spraying it are you driving it to the gaps like what when you're on what do you what are you feeling most comfortable about um I think just being focused on the baseball um you know I don't think trying to hit it anywhere is is uh is me feeling locked in I think just when I'm focused on hitting the ball hard um you know and that comes and goes but I think the best are probably more consistent with that thought process than others so uh you know, like I said, just with being a professional and trying to get better every day, same thing with um, mindset in the box and mindset in the field is just, you know, continue to try and be more consistent with your good mindsets. And we play 162 games, so, um, you know, it's easier said than done, but that's that's the goal for all of us. COVID and the Jays has been weird. Obviously, you've been without a home for a couple of years, but now uh, teams are going to not be at full strength when they come to Toronto, including the Red Sox, who won't have Tanner Houck. Uh, and perhaps others as well. Um, what is your sense on the type of advantage that you guys may get from that? Yeah, I mean, they're still a big league team, whether they have their guys or not. Um, obviously, we prefer to play those teams at full strength. Um, you know, we want to we wanna compete against the best at all times. But, uh, you know, I don't think our mindset changes. I don't think uh, going into these games thinking we have an advantage changes. I mean, uh, you know, we still got to beat a lot of really good players over there, regardless of who comes over. So, uh for us, we'll take those games the same way, same way we take any game. Go out there and give our best and, and try to win every ball game. Final thing is coming here. You'll see some Fisher Cats hats, as you always do, and, and fans that came to watch you up in 
New Hampshire. What is this ballpark like to play in? In that it's basically like a museum. It's 110th birthday for Fenway Park today. So what's what's the sense like for you coming into this ballpark? And do you like these bar- parks more that have the history, the modern amenities? Where do you fall on that? Yeah, I mean it's special here. I just like playing baseball. So uh, coming to the field every day is is a blessing for all of us. But uh, yeah, no Fenway Fenway Park is special. I mean there's a lot of history here. Um, you know it's. Uh, it's definitely fun to play here. The fans are great. Um, makes it makes it fun for us to play the game. So I don't think I have a preference on either. But uh, you know, playing at Fenway Park is something you dream about. So uh, you know, we're definitely excited to come here. Coming into the season, folks thought that the Red Sox were going to hit, but they were going to have difficulty pitching. That has not really been the case. Their bullpen still a lot of work to be done there, but starting pitching has been solid. Michael Waka. 2-0, 1.77 ERA. His whip is .93. His batting average against even lower than Whitlock's at 143. Your first couple starts have been really impressive here at the Red Sox. I remember it seems like a long time ago, but when you first signed, you talked about how well you were throwing the baseball at the end of, of last year. Do you see this as being kind of a continuation of that? Have you added some things? How would you kind of uh, categorize it? Yeah, um, you know, I feel like I kind of took that momentum from last year and carried it through the off season, and uh, you know, kind of made that my priority whenever I started playing catch again and getting off the mound. Uh, you know, kind of keep that uh, same repertoire and same kind of uh, you know pitch selection going into this next year, as well as uh, working on some other things as well. And so, uh, yeah, you know, this spring training was good with. Uh, those spring training starts and getting to experiment with some different things out there and seeing how our hitters react and uh yeah no i'm i'm happy with how the first couple have gone but uh there's still some work to be done for sure uh you know heading into this next start and uh the future of the season yeah where do you want to get better it seems like you got good command uh, fastball uh obviously change up curve have been good in the first couple starts where do you want to get better yeah um you know, there's there's been a little few too many walks there. Um, some leadoff guys getting on. Um, you know, just uh, been a, been a little bit of trouble there at times, but because of walks. But if I could limit those, I, I would be a little bit happier for sure. But also, uh, you know, just getting that spin uh, how I want it to be. Um, you know, to those righties um, and getting that change up down uh, consistently uh, will be key for sure. One of the things that kind of shocked me when I looked at a lot of the national baseball publications and stuff is that this rotation was not getting any respect at all. And obviously, you know, there's some some question marks with guys who've had past success like yourself and Rich at the back end of the rotation and what's going to be, you know, the future for Tanner. And we know obviously what Nick and um, and Nate are capable of, and Chris is a, a wild card obviously coming back, and James Paxton's there too. Do you feel that, you know, this starting staff is kind of – underrated kind of going under the, the radar a little bit and does that mean anything to a, a group when you know you're kind of uh not being respected uh honestly i don't think any of us really paid much close attention to that kind of stuff um you know we kind of know who we are as people and uh who we are as pitchers and we don't try to you know try to be somebody else out there on the mound and i think that's what makes us all so good uh we all bring something different to the table and uh and in the right aspect, you know, can can get the job done. But I think that we've got a really, really good staff, really good starting staff. Bullpen can come in and lock the door down as well. But, uh, yeah, for the staff, uh, we got a bunch of competitors that go out there. We throw a lot of strikes. Um, and, 
we still got some some work to do for sure. Um, but uh, you know, the, the start of the season, I feel like we've been throwing the ball pretty well, and uh, looking for that to continue on the uprise. What do you made of Garrett Whitlock so far? Watching him this season, a little bit obviously last year with the Rays as well. And do you see, you know, his usage? Alex likes to you know, experiment a little bit here and there. Do you see his usage as being a potential roadmap for guys that are you know really quality pitchers that can uh, help you out in a couple different ways? Oh, I mean, he's a huge asset. Um, you know, I, I first saw him last year whenever he burst onto the scene. Uh, out of the bullpen here with these guys and so you know got got a good look with them um you know being in that same division against them and uh you know just getting to meet him firsthand in spring training this year and seeing how he goes about his business um you know i've just been really impressed with how he carries himself uh you know off the field but as well on the field man just will take the ball in any situation in any count and he's ready to get the job done and I think that's uh, very impressive and looking forward to another big year for him. Michael Walker right there. What a wonderful time of the year it is. Red Sox underway. The Bruins and Celtics in the playoffs will wrap up the Patriots draft as they begin workouts in Foxborough next week as well. I'm Chris Ryan. This is the Press Pass.